Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we have a special guest with us from St. Petersburg, Russia, with us today. Introduce yourself, man. Hey, my name is Igor. Uh, I'm from Russia. I was born in Russia, and I'm doing ministry here now. That is really awesome, man. So, like, uh, just to let the audience know, um, you'd gotten a hold of us, uh, I guess, through Messenger. Through Messenger. Um, I guess Dave was a friend. Um, and then you got a hold of me. I got I got talking with you and everything. And so that's kind of how we're here today is just uh, he contacted us, told us who he was, what he does. Uh, we ended up having a really awesome uh, conversation just a few weeks ago yeah. in preparation to come together um, and have a Tag Your It podcast uh, with Igor and just what he does and stuff. And so it was really just awesome just to be able to think about uh, the apologetic implications and stuff. And that's what we want to get into today. Um, but he's also a missionary um, and uh, he also needs help and he's, you know, he's got his mission and everything. So we wanted to just make sure that we have a platform to include everybody um, to let him be known. And um, that hopefully out of that, you know, we can pray, uh, we can support financially if we, if we can and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things that can come out of this. And so we are totally happy to have you on the uh, podcast today, Igor. And Igor, one of the things that I just want to begin with by saying is, you know, I'm really thankful for your willingness to reach out to us. You know, here we are guys that you don't know, and you also help <laughs> us to put some of the ministry that we do into perspective, mm-hmm. because it's not just, Hey, we're, talking into a camera about things that we like to do. There's a practical implication for what we're doing with the church. And we're able to connect with you and possibly connect some of our ministry into some uh, Russian settings. But likewise, we're able to connect you with those who we minister to. And I think that that's an incredible thing. And so thanks for asking me to be your friend on Facebook. And thanks for connecting with me and with Adam about Mm -hmm. this. I think that it's a great method for you. And I hope that you're getting other opportunities to speak into churches uh, from Russia through Zoom meetings and tell them about what you're doing, but also share with them how God has changed you. And so with that said, just tell us a little bit about how you got into the ministry, about how you got into the States, you know, give us a nice overview of who you are. Well, uh, I come from not a Christian background. Uh, I come from a family. Uh, basically, I I didn't have a father for a big chunk of my life. Uh, he died when I was 12 because of an alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his example didn't stop me from getting into alcohol addiction myself and, you know, just uh, partying with friends and basically trying to search for hope, search for meaning. And, you know, all this partying and having fun was uh, a part of me trying to to find a reason to live, kind of. So um, at the same time, I was studying English a lot and I got involved into an exchange program and I went to States for a year and uh, I was an exchange student for a year in Springfield, Missouri. Actually, I was a part of my exchange here. I was in Mansfield, Missouri, and I got okay. uh, I got kicked out of the family because of um, again I found some trouble. 
I found a uh, you know bad crowd of people, and uh, basically found trouble. Yeah, um, and then I ended up in a Christian home, and through that family, I came to Christ. Uh, that's how I ended up in uh, in a church, in a family. Um, I came to Christ, and you know I refused gospel whenever I've heard it first. Mm-hmm. But I believe it was the work of Holy Spirit, just you know. Um, speaking his word to my heart and uh, leading me to surrender. So that's how I came to Christ. And then I came back to Russia, got plugged into a church and got plugged into a ministry. Awesome. So, uh, so whenever you were here in the States, you said you were in Mansfield, Missouri. Did you ever come up to like the MSU area, Springfield? Is that, is, is that sort of a connection? Yeah. Okay. So do you yeah. know, uh, do you know a guy named Jeremiah Peterson or Patterson? I don't know. Um, not sure. Not okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the international friends, I'm just going to see if there's just another connection <laughs> that we can make here anyway. I've got a good buddy that's a part of my church that uh, um, does international friends and uh, has people in his home, live, you know, roommates and all that stuff. So it's, it's awesome to have that awesome connection of, of uh, inter- the international students that do come over here. Um, mm-hmm. My church is involved in uh, hosting Friend, the international friends, like making making room and uh, and making light of the knowledge of that there's international students here to you know share the gospel with and to bring in and to welcome and show that sort of hospitality. So it's I'm glad um, that you know the gospel in somebody else's life brought you the gospel. It's just that's a wonderful testimony, and, and I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it and that uh, you're out there now um, back home. Uh, preaching the gospel so that's that's wonderful so um what was your experience like here in the states um whenever you're growing through this i know that you had questions um and that around you you sort of saw how over here uh, springfield missouri whatever missouri united states um how you can see the truth suppression and how it works out culturally um how is that compared to um, where you are now back home in St. Petersburg, what's uh, that sort of unbelief look like? Um, I can say that it was a big, um, it was a big difference to me because the thing is, um, whenever you say unbelief, Mm -hmm. it is actually, um, it's not unbelief. It's more of belief in a, in a wrong stuff because my whole life I was, um, I was believing that I was a Christian. Uh, Russia is a really, I can say Christian country in a means of um, religion. Orthodox church is really big here. And I can say that maybe now, nowadays, teenagers are a little bit different because of the internet, you know, everything being worldwide, uh, all the teenagers being more free on their, you know, uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, uh, you could say that nine out of 10 people, nine out of 10 Russians, uh, if you ask them, they would tell you that they're Orthodox Christian. So they would consider themselves as believers and they would do some rituals, you know, just going to church, doing something. So I was growing up um, kind of believing that I'm a Christian just because I can assume that if you're mm. Russian, you're a Christian. That was mm. the the logical connection here. But um, I didn't grow up, as, I, as I've told you before, in a real, you know, Christian home, in a biblical, evangelical setting. And um, whenever I came to States and I got involved into a church, because the, 
the family that I ended up staying with, um, they were Christian, they were going to church, and I was going to church with them. That was a big difference for me because uh, I realized that those people people are called Christians, but um, I have no idea what kind of Christianity it is because Mm. I believe that I knew what Christianity is about and I didn't like it because I saw a lot of religion and I was, you know, kind of Christian. But when I ran into this um, new culture, you know, new Christian culture, that was different to me, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was something new. So one of the things that I think is very interesting about your testimony of basically converting from nominal orthodoxy or nominal Russian orthodoxy to evangelicalism is some of the cultural Christianity that occurs there in Russia. In other words, someone says, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they don't really talk about salvation. They don't really talk about the atonement, about Christ giving his life for the sins of those who would repent and believe. So tell me a little bit about some of your points of contact with these people who think they're Christians, but at the same time don't really like Christianity. It's such an interesting dynamic there. Uh, It's always, you know, I found out that the best way to share the gospel, the best way to talk to people is ask questions Mm -hmm. because um, so many people especially nowadays, trying to tell you something, try to teach you something. And I can see that especially uh, we are working with youth and youth are those who don't want to teach, to be taught, you know, like they don't want to be told what to do. They ask questions. So, you know, whenever you ask a question and you ask a person to think of, you know, the reason, what, what do you believe? Or why do you believe this? Um, you know, you run into really interesting uh, conversations because sometimes people realize they end up that um, they don't know why they believe that just because, you know, someone told them. Because I ran into several conversations when, you know, um, people would tell me that Jesus is Russian and, you know, like he's not Jew, he is uh, Slavic and stuff like that, just because they assumed, you know, they never looked into it. And I can say that um, I was raised, when I was raised, I was baptized and I had a cross on my neck with with a cross and Jesus. And the thing is, I was living like that for years and I have never thought of why is, you know, Jesus on a cross. What was the reason for him to be on a cross? For me, it was an object of, um, you know, like some kind of protection that I had Mm. something on me that would protect me from, I don't know, evil spirits or whatever. So it it wasn't like real to me, you know, the the gospel story, even though it was so close to me. Yeah. So you would say that the teenagers that you are engaging and that's primarily where you are dealing with is you're dealing with students there in russia uh i'm mostly high school age students or middle school and high school age students is that right uh yeah it's usually 12 to 18 years old kind of gotcha yeah so we'd call middle school to high school age students yeah when you're dealing with them there actually is a 
understanding that there is a God, that there is a creator. Uh, however, those individuals don't think that they're in hostility towards that God. They don't have, however, a relationship with seeking him, dealing with his word and what he has revealed. And so when you come along and you begin to ask them questions, talk, tell me some of those questions that you began to bring out and some of the assumptions that you get to see unpacked. And, and how do you speak truth into some of those, um, what we would say is um, foundational assumptions, right? Mm -hmm. Or some of their presuppositions, that would be the language that we would use. What are some of those presuppositions that they bring in and how do you unpack them and point them to the true gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, um, we can ask, you know, it depends on the conversation for sure. But one of the things that um, whenever you talk to a person, whenever we ask questions, we ask questions like, uh, what do you believe? You know, mm -hmm. what do you think will happen with you, you know, when you die or what kind of, you know, what do you believe? And sometimes people can say that they don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. And you can ask, you know, a question like what kind of God you don't believe in? Yeah, very and, good. You know, pe people end up telling you stuff that you don't believe in either. You know, like they tell you stuff about uh, God, the creator, about uh, God that, you know, they believe is in a Christianity and they have no idea about, you know, what they're talking. And it's, it gets interesting because people share, they open. And whenever they say that what they don't believe in, it is at the same time, they're sharing um, their heart, you know, what kind of problems they have, because the biggest problem here in Russia, when, uh, when we talk about teenagers and, you know, their beliefs, is that um, we have a huge rate of families and children grown up without a father. So, you know, God as a father figure is, is a really big theme here. So a lot of kids have a hurt to God because, um, you know, their fathers hurt them and they believe that they're talking about the same father, you know, that they had. So... Well, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about the process of you engaging the students and then presenting the gospel to them and then discipling them up. Because you mentioned uh, when we were not on air that your ministry that you're working with um, is a offshoot or is a branch of crew. Tell me a little bit about the discipleship process from the initial conversation to the student coming to faith in Christ, to how you help them grow and develop theologically and spiritually? Um, I would say that the first, the, the really beginning of our conversation, it starts not with the gospel that you say, but, you know, the gospel that you do. Because uh, culturally, as I've, as I've told you before, so many kids they grow they grow up in a in a setting where they assume that they know what Christianity is about. Yeah. So uh, whenever you mention something about Christianity, uh, a lot of kids and I was myself that kid that 
you know, wouldn't want to have anything, you know, wouldn't want to deal with you because you're a Christian, uh, because you're too serious about faith, because people would assume that you're, you know, still doing religion and uh, it's not, it's not real. It's not true. You know? So whenever we do ministry, uh, as I've told you before in our conversation that we do events that are not officially Christian, uh, they're officially just, you know, gatherings for youth. And we gather a lot of youth, a lot of teenagers that, you know, um, and end up at our events, but uh, they come, some of them, even like, you know, a lot of kids, they come not knowing that we're Christian because if they would find out that we are doing a, a Christian event, that, that will turn them, them away. Because especially whenever, uh, you know, I've experienced living in States and I've seen kids who don't believe in God, but they're uh, familiar with evangelical Christian culture. And it doesn't freak them out, you know, like if they end up uh, in a church and there is worship and there is prayer, it will be weird, but it won't freak them out. Here in Russia, uh, the Christian culture that everyone knows about is really different. It is a culture of going into church, going into, you know, like there is a special person who prays for you. Uh, There is a special uh, things that you need to do, you know, special traditions or something like that. So whenever a teenager like me end up in a church, uh, and that was my experience, I ended up, um, my first experience in a church in States, I went to a youth group and they were, they had worship there. And there was, I remember that song that uh, they had a move or something to that. So they would raise their hands and turn around. And for me, of my, you know, like Orthodox Christian um, culture in my head, seeing something like that, I was like, you guys are weird. And, uh, you know, like, I'm not sure that I want to listen to you guys because even the way you act kind of, um, it kind of frays me, you know, like it kind of gives me some kind of like weird, weird feeling. So whenever we do our events, um, we do non-Christian events, we do games, we do, you know, like time together, but the setting is different. This is where we start with whenever a kid ends up at our event. And this is a story of one of the girls that came to Christ during this year. Uh, she ended up in, uh, at our event. And at some point she found out that we we're Christian and we started talking to her. But she told us from the very beginning that she doesn't want to deal any, you know, she doesn't want to deal with us as with Christians. You know, she doesn't want to know anything about Christianity, but she kept coming because of the atmosphere, atmosphere of love. And that was the place where she felt needed. She felt, you know, treated differently. So uh, that's how we begin. And then we, uh, you know, whenever we kind of like, there is this relationship that was built or was started, you know, um, whenever a kid feels, or a person in Russia that's, you know, that works for any, any person, uh, whenever a person feels comfortable that you're not trying to take something, but you're, you know, you're trying to help 
that's when they start listening or at least they're open for a conversation because the culture of Russia, whenever the first evangelical churches came into Soviet Union, whenever, you know, Soviet Union broke um, and churches just flooded into Russia, mm-hmm. one of the biggest churches was um, Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the culture of Russians. They knew so many religious churches, that Orthodox church, you know, the religious uh, culture. And then they see those evangelical uh, Christians as they think, you know, they see Jehovah Witnesses. And they see that people who, like Russians, who start going to those churches, they start acting weird. They start selling their houses. They start selling, you know, uh, belongings that doesn't belong to them, but belong to their relatives. And, you know, like this... um, really bad story of people getting into a cult. So after that, a lot of Russians realized, or at least made an assumption that there is an Orthodox church and there is, uh, if, if it's not an Orthodox church, it must be a cult. It must be something weird and something wrong. So um, what I was saying is that, you know, for the kids, for Russian people, uh, whenever they find out that you're Christian, you're either religious Orthodox or you're a religious uh, guy from a sect or a cult and you want to take something from them. No joke, my story of me and my wife getting married, her her mom, um, after we got married for a while, she believed that we took all the money that people gave to us for a wedding and we went back to the church and gave it back to the church. Mm. So she really believed that because she had this, um, you know, cultural experience, cultural idea. So, um, yeah. And whenever you get in this comfortable, you know, comfort space, for those people that you work with, for those people that you're trying to reach with the gospel, when they realize that you're a human, that you're normal, that you, you know, like you're not, a, you're not weird and you can talk to them. You really want to help. Then they start listening. Mm-hmm. So, um, as, as I've told you before, I would say that, you know, oftentimes we ask people, what do they believe in? You know, like, do they believe in God? Do they believe, uh, what I love to ask is, you know, if they believe that creation was uh, intentional or not, you know, if there is a God behind all creation, because a lot of people here, um, they don't even think about that. Hmm. Or they would think that there is, you know, there is a God, a creator, uh, but they think that it's a universe or, you know, some kind of other God. So that's where I like to, um, I, would, I would say this is a culture. Russia is a culture. I'm sorry, I'm getting you. <laughs> it's no, you're doing great. Straight, Thank but, you. But I would say that it, it, Russia kind of reminds me a story of Paul being in um, Greece whenever, you know, he ended up in a culture that is not uh, unbelieving, you know, uh, he ended up in a culture that 
believes in something and there is a lot of you know like different gods and different idols that people believe in so paul found this um you know this thing that worshiped a god that they don't know about they can name this god and he appealed with with the culture to uh you know to show the the gospel you know to those people he was talking with so this is what we are trying to do here whenever we talk to kids um we ask them questions because a lot of kids they would say that they believe that there is something but they don't know what it is so we try to unfold that for them that you know that they're talking about the same god i'm talking about they just don't know how to name him and they don't know anything about this god but they they know that he exists so yeah and we start talking about creation we start talking about um oftentimes i can say that uh presenting gospel here i don't know how it works in the whole world but i believe it works the same mm-hmm. uh, that i used to whenever i came to christ i used to um to talk to people and i used to do a lot of street evangelism i used to you know like go to streets pass out tracts um just do a lot of stuff like that and oftentimes i would get into conversation with people who ask a lot of questions and it helped me to grow a lot as um you know studying my bible getting into apologetics getting into the word and being ready to answer those questions but the problem is that oftentimes whenever people ask those questions they ask not because they want to find out they ask because they don't want to agree <laughs> and uh, i i realized that people who come to christ as i see you know as i've experienced and i was that kind of person that um whenever gospel was presented to me the first time when uh, my host family actually shared gospel with me it was simple as you're a sinner you need to repent and jesus died for you he is the sacrifice that you need and you need relationship with god and i could have asked so many questions about existence of god about um you know all why jesus why bible <clears throat> but i believe holy spirit was working in my heart Amen. so it kind of taught me that um, what we try to 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 do we, when we present gospel uh we try to share the simple gospel you know mm-hmm. we try to answer questions and a lot of times we talk about love because this is the biggest problem that i believe people have that they believe that god doesn't love them you know um and whenever they believe that god doesn't love them they uh don't care about themselves they don't care about other people and you know they're offended by god because they think that he you know he hates them or something so we we start talking about love whenever we present gospel um uh, So yeah, you asked the question how, you know, how the story unfolds whenever we work with teenagers. So this is basically what we do. We share the gospel and sometimes 
sometimes it takes one time to, you know, to share the gospel. Sometimes it takes a year, you know, of seeing the person and answer questions because we have, uh, you know, people who want to, want to know, you know, like they want to know about God. They want to grow. So this is what we do as missionaries, actually. We have events every Saturday, but during the, the week, we meet one-on-one with different kids. And one group is those who don't know God yet, but they, uh, they have questions. And they, they're seeking, you know, they really want to find out. They really want to put everything uh, on its place. So that's where we start studying Bible together and answering questions that those kids have. Uh, this is also when we have teenagers who come to Christ. Uh, one of the biggest things that we want to do is uh, to be biblical. And I believe that discipleship is uh, the most biblical thing that you can do to a new believer. So we try to disciple those kids and we meet with them one-on-one. We try to, again, answer this, their questions. And now whenever they come to Christ, um, they have deeper questions of who really Jesus is, who Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, what is Trinity, what is church, and why do I need church? And, you know, questions like that when they they uh, see the picture unfold and they have more questions because they see that God is not that simple, you know. They want to know this God. They want to know his character. So we try to, you know, to answer those questions. And we try to get those uh, people plugged into a church because we as a ministry, we are not a church. We are an an organization, a tool that churches uh, use because, uh, again, in Russia, culturally, we don't have big churches. Usually churches are an amount of um, 50 people. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes 100. I go to a church uh, which has 20 people. So, you know, in a 7 million city, we have two churches uh, that are over 1,000 people in a 7 million city. So only two churches, I believe. Maybe, I don't think that three, but two. You know, so we don't have a lot of big churches. So to do ministry, we come together. And we believe that... Um, still church is a big thing, you know, even though we do a ministry uh, as an organization that is not a church, we believe that a Christian, um, a born again teenager or any, uh, any other, you know, person, they need to get plugged into a church. So that's what we are trying to do. Yeah. So speaking, yeah, speaking of churches, I just, you know, um, kind of said it earlier, we're back on that uh, topic anyway. Um, but so you're saying that, you know, there's a Eastern Orthodox uh, heavy influence there. Um, everything broke down. You have um, the Jehovah's Witnesses and all that kind of stuff. What is the, you know, the, the major landscape that you do see? I mean, again, Eastern Orthodox is going to be heavy, um, but like, as far as like any sort of Protestant um, churches, what do you see um, heavy over there? Or is that even a heavy mm-hmm. thing? Um, you mean like, uh, a lot of churches? Yeah. Like say like, you know, say Baptists or, yeah. you know, Presbyterian, yeah, yeah. like, is there a heavy yeah. influence of that going into St. Petersburg and Russia in general or. 
Yeah, I would say you mentioned Presbyterian. Uh, I believe we have uh, Presbyterian churches here. Yeah. I just don't really run into a lot of them. I mm. do have a friend, a good friend of mine from Presbyterian church. But um, as I see those churches, they they stick to, you know, Presbyterian churches. Mm. They stick to other Presbyterian churches and don't really work a lot with yeah. other denominations. So, you know, like uh, you don't really run into them when you do ministry yeah. or, you know, like, but uh, I would say Baptists are one of the biggest, um, you know, denominations here because they were the first ones to uh, flow into Russia. Mm-hmm. And I even believe that um, Baptists were there when Soviet Union, you know, was still there. So they were underground and they were actually the ones who would go to jail for, you know, for their faith here mm-hmm. in Russia when, you know, when Soviet Union was uh, opposing the church, opposing God. So, um, yeah, also we have, um, what's that word? There is uh, another denomination, more of charismatic. Assembly you know? of God. Assembly of God. Um, maybe not, but, um, Pentecostal? I need the Pentecostal. Yes. Pentecostal. Yeah. Thank I you. mean, yeah. Assembly's got it's Pentecostal, but then there's, I mean, Pentecostal is kind of a generic for more of a charismatic denomination yeah. underneath yeah. that. But yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it's wonderful to see that, that, that that's there, but it sounds like, you know, they're, you know, you're, you're working out there. There is a need, um, you know, so there, there is a similarity that I see here in the States too, you know, the whole act 17 thing, um, the world is secular. Um, it's mm-hmm. become secular and, you know, it's not really, um, Jesus is Lord of all. Um, but you know, mankind has rebelled. So whenever we're talking about the belief, unbelief, you know, just to define that for you on our end is just suppression of the truth. So we do believe everybody mm-hmm. has faith in something yeah. because they're, you know, because they are suppressing the truth that they know about the true God, um, they go to the creature, they go to the created to worship it. So everybody has faith um, in that. So when we say unbelief, it's not that they're not believing in anything. There's like, we don't believe in atheists. And if somebody <laughs> says they're an atheist, we go, uh, I don't believe in you then. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, but, you know, so, that, so I'm just trying to, you know, kind of get, get where we um, mm-hmm. haven't defined terms anyway uh, in the conversation, but, you know, there really um, isn't too much of a difference. It just depends on what is influencing um, mm-hmm. what is influencing the area, the local area. And it sounds like, you know, you do have that Eastern orthodoxy, um, which would be heavily tradition, heavily mystical. You're wearing a cross around your neck. You think you're protected. Um, you go mm-hmm. uh, somewhere and you drink and eat something. You feel like you're taking in something that's going to spiritually energize you. You don't have to know the gospel, right? Um, and so that's kind of where it's missing. And that's where you come in and you, you preach the gospel to them. And so, you know, just I think that's kind of the summation of what's going on here. We're not all that different, but then there's the there is the differences of what is the heavy influence. And it's wonderful that you I think it would go against like our American mindset of what we think about Russia, you know, because like you're saying, like, it's a very Christian area. And I wouldn't think that from what I see on TV and what I've been told, you know, because like, you know, I just see like this highly secularized state. I see a lot of news of persecution, of uh, mockery of Christianity. So I don't see it being very Christian friendly. 
But then again, I live in America and probably somebody else sees that they're not becoming that Christian friendly yet. I would see churches everywhere and you don't see bloodshed yet, you know? Uh, so that's just, this has been, been very interesting to uh, be able to kind of try to find these comparisons, um, but see the very similar nature of the goal. Um, and then the fact that, you know, we really haven't talked about apologetics the way people normally talk about apologetics, um, but they should be able to see your apologetic in practice, even though we haven't talked about it, say exactly, academically yeah. or in principle. Um, so this is this is very wonderful. And I just wanted to sit back and define things and just kind of bring that out real quick. I know it looked like you had. No, I was just going to kind of begin to funnel some of this yeah. down to. So you're in the States, you're saved, you're going back home. Did you jump into ministry right away? How did you connect to get into the ministry that you're doing? You've told us so much about the ministry already. How did you get mm -hmm. into that? And then what can we do and what can those who listen do to connect with you? So let's start with your specific call into ministry when you go back or you're saved, you're going back to Russia. What did you do? And, and did the church that you were going to even say, here's some missionaries over in Russia that you've got to connect with? What did you go back into? And, and tell us about mm -hmm. that process of being called into ministry. Um, that is a really um, interesting question because to, you know, to tell you more about culture in Russia, evangelical churches, you know, uh, we have a lot of evangelical churches here now because of the missionaries who came and, you know, later on, I'm myself a part of Calvary Chapel, mm -hmm. which was uh, big also in Russia. But when I was growing up, I didn't know that there is any other church by Orthodox. So when I came to Christ, um, I was still in States. I've been discipled for maybe six or eight more months, you know, studying my Bible getting really active in the ministry in states because uh, there was a youth ministry that was growing and i became a part of this ministry and it was actually um, an outreach ministry and this is i believe when god started calling me into uh, um, you know into this specific ministry of um, sharing gospel with teenagers because i was a teenager and I would, you know, like invite my whole school bus to this event or, you know, my whole class. God was just, you know, giving me this passion and giving me the understanding of, of a need, you know, because I, I was the one who had a need. And I, you know, Jesus met this need when I've, I've met him. So um, it just, you know, changed my worldview of, hey, this is something that needs to be done. People need to know about Jesus. So I was disciple in States and I go back in, to Russia after my school year was over. And I remember this. Um, it takes around uh, 23 hours to get back to Russia because of all the layovers, you know, all the long flights. And I'm exhausted by that time. It was summer of 2010 and it's really hot in Russia. It was just, you know, really bad. And I'm sitting in a hot, uh, I was sitting in a hot airport in Moscow and then getting on a plane. And I remember just that's um, an hour flight, really short flight. And I realized that, you know, my school year is over. Um, it was different, you know, like I came to Christ, my life has been changed. 
but everything that I knew about Christianity now, you know, like uh, Jesus, who I've met now, and people who led me to Jesus, um, it's all behind. You know, I'm I'm sitting in a plane and going to Russia, not knowing if there is any uh, evangelical churches or if there is any Christian who have the same faith that I do. You know, like I had no idea if there is anyone else but Orthodox Christian. So it was, you know, kind of thrilling to me because I realized the relationship that I had with God and I had no idea if I'm going to have any Christian, you know, fellow brothers or sisters uh, back in Russia. So um, when I was leaving my church that I was a part of here in the States, um, they uh first of all they you know helped me a lot they gave me a bible they gave me this book that book just trying to equip me to be on my own you know like uh, back in russia but they did um contact me with some of the missionaries you know they sent them emails they gave them my email addresses um they tried to find missionaries in saint petersburg so two of them um you know wrote back to me and invited to a church to pastors. So I went to one church, you know, met, met the guy, met the church. I went to another church and I ended up in, um, in a second church, you know, like I was going there for a while. So I got involved with Christians. I found out that there is, you know, like uh, Christian, uh, just Christians in St. Petersburg in Russia. And they invited me to a different home group and, you know, on and on. So um, at some point, one guy told me that there is a church in the same district where I live. And I'm, you know, I kind of wanted to go and see. And I went to this church. It was Calvary Chapel. um, And I ended up in this church because um, some of the things that I really enjoyed, you know, like I ended up in the church because of the atmosphere. It was, um, you know, it was started by American missionaries at some point. Mm-hmm. So they were carrying some kind of American Christian culture. And I just came from that, you know, like I just got saved in this setting and I felt safe because, you know, like in, in some other churches, I wasn't feeling the same uh, in the means of like, if it was the same church, if it was the same teaching. So I ended up in this church. And one of the biggest things that helped me to stay was, uh, a biblical approach to studying a Bible, mm. because the church I ended up in, we study Bible uh, book by book, you know, chapter mm. by chapter. So every Sunday service is is continuing basically a Bible study, and yeah. it helped me to grow biblical. So this church was um, involved in a ministry that uh, wasn't a part of Campus Crusade at that time, or wasn't as a big part of you know, Campus Crusade here in Russia. Uh, It was funded by, but, you know, my pastor at some point, he took a step and he was leading this ministry because he saw a great need uh, among teenagers. So he started uh, to work with uh, an English camp and organizing English camp once a year, helping, you know, he had some people who brought over uh, teams of Americans to Russia and um, they were doing this ministry. So I got involved as, uh, first of all, I knew English. So they needed people who knew English. 
And the second uh, thing was that I had a heart for, you know, sharing the gospel because um, when I came, as, as I've mentioned before, when I came to Christ, I got really passionate about sharing Christ. And especially when I came back to Russia, I came back to my, to the same setting I was in, you know, my, mm-hmm. my hood, my classmates, my school. And I, I saw a great need, you know, among those teenagers because mm-hmm. I could name those people and I knew what they've been going through, you know, and I realized that I found an answer. So, you know, I had a heart to share gospel and I started sharing gospel and, um, years, you know, after God was just, uh, just unfolding this calling in my life, you know, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with, uh, this age group. So that's how I got involved. And, you know, I got involved in the ministry and I'm in that ministry for now, I believe 11, 12 years, maybe. So I've been, you know, volunteering in the last two years, we, um, we came full time, got called us, um, you know, to leave. I was doing actually business and uh, I had to leave business and go full time into ministry that, mm-hmm. you know, was something that God called us to. So, so that is really cool mm-hmm. how God worked through the initial contact, of course, through a bad experience in Mansfield to get you to Springfield to a Christian home to get you to Seminole Baptist church where the gospel was, uh, of course it was your home where the gospel was proclaimed, but you were involved in the ministry there. Seminole discipled you up and then sent you back to your home. Mm -hmm. You recognize the need and the lostness of the people there. And that's what I think is the most uh, compelling piece is There are all kinds of people in Russia today who, if you ask them if you were a Christian, they would say, yeah, of course. But by that, they mean they're Orthodox, which Mm -hmm. is a gospel-less religion. Yes. And therefore, you have a point of contact with so many of these individuals. The unfortunate thing is there's all kinds of folks in Russia who might think that they're Christian and maybe, maybe going to heaven. But the reality is they don't have the hope. And you're able to work through crew, but again, what is the name of it? It's not crew in in Russia. What do you call uh, it again? New life, new life. You're able to work yeah. in new life. So the American Christian should be concerned about this. Mm-hmm. Now we've heard your story and the way that God has redeemed you and is using you. Tell us what we can do to connect with you and to bless your ministry and allow God to use you in the way that He is, because God's not going to use me in that same way. Uh, and many American missionaries who are going over there, while they do a great thing, you've got a point of contact that they don't have. You have a credibility that they don't have, and you're able to use that. So give us just a little bit on what we can do to, to assist you and how we can help you. Thanks. This, um, I, I would start with, you know, that whenever I share about our ministry, whenever I ask Christians to participate I believe that it's not that, um, you know, I need something and I ask you to give me something. This is something like I realize that God has all the, you know, whenever you talk about funds, God has all the funds. God has um, all everything needed to do ministry. So I believe as a church, as a body of Christ, um, you know, we are united. You know, me and you guys being in different countries 
but we are being in the same body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we are called to bless one another in a means of uh, minister to one another. So whenever we do ministry here in Russia and we ask people to participate, we ask people to, uh, you know, like to support our ministry financially, but also we want to bless the, those who want to get involved. You know, mm -hmm. I want to, I, I myself want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I want, you know, body of Christ to grow through the ministry that we do. So, um, you know, whenever I uh, was praying about the ministry at some point of my life, I was finishing high school and I was asking God uh, whether, you know, like I should go to States to study for college or stay here in Russia. Uh, God answered me in, you know, one of the prayers. He just put on my heart that my place is here in Russia. And I kind of, you know, like realized uh, later on that this is the best place for me as a missionary as you know, as you've mentioned, that um, I can relate to a lot of things, and you know, I can go to a different country, but I will never be—I will be always a foreigner, you know. So it will be—it's always harder for me to speak to a different culture. But here, I'm in the same culture, and uh, while doing ministry, we write newsletters, we ask people to participate in prayer. And the reason for us to do this, we want, first of all, the body of Christ to grow in the understanding of, uh, of the need to bring gospel to the lost people. This is one of the biggest things that, you know, uh, in our ministry, we have three goals. We want to reach the lost. We want to disciple those who come to Christ. And we want to equip them for ministry. So mm -hmm. we don't want just this ministry, you know, this connect ministry that we're doing uh, to grow. We want the body of Christ to have this mindset that there are lost people and we need to step out of the church and do the ministry of, you know, teachers of the man, just go and preach the gospel. So whenever we write our newsletters, we ask people to pray for the ministry. We give them specific needs uh, specific people you know specific names to pray about mm -hmm. and we tell them about what you know our family is going through um, what our ministry is going through what our heart is and I believe that people pray and that's a big thing you know we're all in the same uh, battle you know spiritual battle just fighting for one another lifting um, and, and you know uh, another app just lifting, lifting everyone. So whenever people pray for this ministry, I see that God is definitely answering, you know, and we can be an answer to someone's prayer. We can share, you know, and people can see that they're actually being a part of God's work by just praying and, you know, uh, devoting themselves to this prayer and they can see how God is working in lives of teenagers, you know, in, in our lives. And I believe that it helps us to, you know, to stay in the ministry, to stay uh, in this battle, you know, knowing that there are so many people behind us praying for us, just helping us. So, but at the same time, I believe that it helps people to, uh, to have this mindset 
that, hey, I'm reading this newsletter of Igor and Glina and their family, their ministry, doing this, this job, but they're in the same culture that they were born in. You know, they can relate. And God is actively doing stuff. God is actively bringing people to Christ. He, you know, he wants his word, his name to be lifted up in, in, in this culture, in this nation. So, you know, why can it be that I'm being, for example, American or any other culture, you know, why can't I be a missionary on my workplace, you know, on my, um, in my school, in my home? This is the, <clears throat> the heart, the hope that we have that we just we we're not just doing the youth ministry helping teenagers but we are um helping the body of christ to be mind to have this mindset on a mission and so So, um okay so you're talking about this newsletter um where you talk about mm -hmm. uh you know your specific needs what's going on your family the people and all that stuff how uh could somebody um could somebody go on the on a website uh, and sign up for this or how do they get a hold of that newsletter yeah, I would say that um, after we talk, you guys uh, will have a link, right, to our uh, website. In the so description, our, yep. yeah. Yeah. In our website, we have, uh, well, first of all, you also are more than welcome to, uh, um, to you know, like write my Facebook profile. And, you mm -hmm. know, anyone who wants to, they can message me or email me through the website that you will have. Uh, you know, we have all the information how people can contact me yeah. and, you know, uh, people can contact me and tell me, hey, I want to know more about this ministry and I want to be receiving newsletters. And that's uh, how you end up in a mailing list, you know, and you receive yeah. the, those newsletters. Yeah. But also there is another uh, part of helping is also uh, financially, you know, supporting the ministry. Mm -hmm. As I've told you earlier, uh, we were doing business before I went to full-time ministry. I was doing business, but at some point, God called us to uh, devote ourselves to this ministry. And this was a big step, step of faith for us because, as I've told you before, culturally, um, Russia doesn't have big churches. So I go to a church that has 20 people mm -hmm. and a pastor of this church is not supported financially by the church just because the only thing the church is able to support is, you know, rent, maybe some projects, but not, you know, like a salary of pastor. And we're also doing ministry. So uh, we're in a place where churches are not able to support us as, as a church. So we ask individual individual Christ, Christians, you know, to pray about the ministry and see if God is leading them to uh, devote themselves financially to, you know, a monthly support or a one-time gift. So we ask people to do that, knowing <clears throat> knowing that they're also, you know, like being a part of ministry and they're helping the gospel to be spread out. So also by, you know, going to this website, people can subscribe uh, on, you know, on any kind of uh, donation, monthly or one-time gift. We ask people, uh, this is what, what I say to, this is what I tell Christians when I talk about finances. Um, I ask about, you know, $100 per month, if that is possible. But I ask people to pray first 
and see what God is leading them to. Because I believe that it has to be, you know, that God has has to, God have to, you know, lead you to do this. Because uh, I believe that God is able to fund our ministry and we've been full-time two years and God's been, you know, able, God's been faithful. So it's more of, you know, like if you want to be involved in this ministry, if this is something God calls you to be involved, then you should pray and then you should give if that's possible. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, we'll definitely uh, make sure that the website's in the link in the description on the YouTube video and the podcast. So if you guys are listening right now or watching right now, if you could just look down on YouTube or, you know, go back and however you get to the description of the podcast, it's there, check it out. Um, at, At least click the link and check it out. You know, if that's all you do, at least just kind of look and just get to know him more uh, via that, his strategy kind of a thing. It was really cool. I had, we had a a family from our church that uh, went to the Philippines and um, just their strategy that they had. I've never seen like the strategy of a missionary before. And when they came over, just knowing the strategy, um, like what is their ultimate goal and how are they going to get it? And, uh, and it was cool to see that. So, you know, like we haven't talked about that, um, a whole lot to, today, but go there and kind of just see like how that opens up and just, just to see the work of the missionary. It's, it's really awesome, um, to get into that. So we'll provide those links, uh, look down on YouTube and go back and however you do that on the podcast. Um, and just, again, uh, at least get a hold of the email. Um, what's that, what's, what's, what's going to hurt to read an email. Right. That's right. So, yeah. Well, Igor, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. You are the first international guest that yes. we've ever had <laughs> yeah and so congratulations we are now in russia yes. <laughs> and uh please you know as we move forward if there's some updates or some mm-hmm. different needs that show up uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us and uh, if, if you're in we're, russia, we're getting the email so i'll look up and see if there's any kind of cool yeah. need or something that you talk about that'd be like you know that'd be really interesting to co- talk about apologetically or something like that and um how you're working around that you know so it's one of those things but if we don't catch it, let us know. Um, we'd like to, you know, see, you know, rub off on each other um, in that respect. So, Igor, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your story and letting us uh, know you. And we hope that this podcast, again, uh, just with whoever we have listening, uh, they get to know you. And now you're known. So now we got to pray for you. You're a brother of ours. You know, it's it's, it's awesome um, and all that. So um, pray again that uh, your ministry um, just ends up just taking off that you get to meet people that you get to talk to people and that God uses you as a means uh, to further his kingdom in St. Petersburg, Russia. So with that said, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we got Igor. And Soli. Dave. Gloria.